set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. That is Colossians 3.2. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm good, man. How was your week? <sighs> it's good. I mean, it, it, life just gets busier and busier, but it's, it's fun. It never seems to get less busy. I think you just get better at managing it. I think it's... That's true. I, that, that definitely comes with maturity. I think it's just how it goes. Yeah. Well, here we are. Another episode. More of a laid-back episode, I think. We've been tackling some some heavier subjects recently, and we, uh, as a church, we're about to go to our, our annual camp, our church camp, yeah. at uh, Timberline Baptist Encampment in Lindale, Texas. And uh, we just wanted to take uh, a Friday... We wanted to take a special episode to kind of talk about camp in, in general um, and how our church views camp and then maybe, you know, just tell some kind of lighthearted, funny stories about yeah. um, our years at camp. There's been, definitely been some some events, uh, some funny things going on uh, over the years I've been. Tom's a little more new to it, but I, I think I've been going for about 15 or, you know, about 15 years, I, I would say. But. Dude, that's crazy, man. Long time. Yeah. I can't even imagine like wow, that's the nuts. same camp. Yep. Well, when we, oh, even the same camp. I didn't realize that was the same camp. That's oh, crazy. yeah. What's funny about this camp, the, the Timberline camp, is we've been sending kids or we've been going as a church for, I mean, decades. Wow. I mean, a long time. I don't know the exact number. I, I want to say like 50 years. Some, I mean, something because well, it originally it was the same group, but it was somewhere else. But then, like now, it's now it's at Timberline, and it's been there for quite a long time. Quite a yeah. while, I think. Yeah, I think since the '80s, I think it's been there. That's crazy. Or maybe early '90s, but yeah, I know we we've been going. Um, you know, our family. You know, we we moved here uh, to Fort Worth from Arizona in '04. We got plugged in here at the church, and it was interesting. I th- I don't think I went that year. Um, because I was just I was too young I wasn't quite in the youth group yet and, and back then it wasn't so much a family camp it was like youth group and above oh, okay so they definitely pivoted to that later but I can remember being like 12 years old and like my parents sent me off to church camp and feeling super uncomfortable and it was just one of those things where it's just like you know you you went you had no cho- I had no choice in the matter like yeah. I'm going to church camp so you forge relationships and you kind of you're kind of thrown to the wolves and you figure it out right yeah um I look back on it now, and you know, it's pretty, you know, it's fond memories now. But back then, it was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but it was, it was good for my development. But uh, no, I, I know I think as a church, it's uh, it, it's the one thing that we can point to to say it's it's one of the biggest ministries that have proven results. Oh, that, definitely. That we can look at, and it's it's one of the earliest things I think in my lifetime that I can point at. It's and and, and really like evidence of God working mm-hmm. and say. I I can look forward to and get excited about going to church camp every you know end of June early July and say, I you know I expect to see God working physically see it and feel it, and it's it's a very unique time. It's a very just a, a crazy time where you get to unplug, and now we do it as a family you know as a huge family we have all our families going, and it uh, it's a, it's a special week for sure. Yeah. Um. But I'm, we've talked about this so much. I'm sure our, any of our listeners that have been with us for a while know by now, but um, missionary kid, right? Never went to church camp. One time, 13 years old, church camp. Um, 
I remember it to this day, Cedar River Baptist Camp. It was in some northern state. I can't remember whether it was like Indiana or Iowa or something like that. Um, never been on a bus with a bunch of kids before, like because there were some kids from our church and like we rode with another church so that we could get the bus together. Never done any of that before. And it was like a three and a half hour ride. Um, completely, we just happened to be home on deputation uh, furlough that year, a completely new experience for me. And we roll up to this camp and this thing had literal cabins, like log yep. dorms and cabins there. And there was this little like uh, sheet metal, like cafeteria hut in the middle of the place. And then because it was, you know, more moderate climate, obviously not Texas, you'd die in the summer in Texas if you didn't have some AC. But it was an outdoor chapel that set like 500 kids. Wow. And it was just like these huge like railroad ties that went up for 20 feet. And there was a stage up at the front where the speaker would speak and stuff like that. Um, I remember actually, uh, obviously split, split swimming, right? But my parents were allowed special time at the pool because they were the guest missionaries. And so they were they could go swim together because the swimming pool was completely enclosed. Very progressive camp, I see. I, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, they had like this special like one hour window every day where they could just go down to the pool and swim by themselves. It, it was kind of cool for my parents. They'd never really it's been funny. treated like that yeah. before. I, I get it. You yeah. know, like, you know, from the missionary standpoint, but it's just like, it's funny that they give them that provision. It's, yeah. kind of, it, it's interesting. You are a guest speaker. You know what we're going to give you? Some exclusive pool time. 3 p.m. We got you. Well, and then like at some point when the, cause the girls went swimming after the guys every day. So, um. At some point, the guys had thrown this enormous bullfrog into the pool, like on their way out. So when the Classic. girls got in, right, like Classic. there's this dead bullfrog, like <laughs> floating around in the pool. Um, and then, and then I remember, I slept on the top bunk because it was like the coolest thing in the world, right? Top bunk. I, I'd never even been on a bunk bed before, much less a top bunk. So, um, and I rolled off in the middle of the night, concrete floors. And for, thank you, Lord, managed to land as I rolled. I only rolled like a half turn and landed on my hands and knees on the floor. Wow. Like just providentially. Um, But actually thinking back on it now, that may have been the camp where I first felt the call to preach. If I'm oh, being wow. honest, because wow. um, I know it was right around that like twelve thirteen time. I don't know. People are like, "Well, if you don't remember the exact no, that's not how that works." Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was that camp where I first felt there was this just like um, my dad was one of the speakers. There's this really dynamic um, preacher that was there, and he was a younger guy, and wow, like I've, I haven't thought about this in so long. I didn't even, I didn't even realize this memory was going to come up, but I remember like thinking like, man, this dude can preach. Like God would never call me to preach like that. Like there's no way. Like I'm going to, I'm I might be like a, a Christian singer someday because I, I don't know, there was like this singing competition at the camp and I won like this little baby trophy and it was like third place or something like that. I don't know. Actually, I think my girlfriend won first place, 
Uh, she was the, like this fantastic pianist, even at like 12, 13 years old. Um, but I, I remember like, no, God would never call me to do something like that. And it, I think it was like the third night. Wow. Like, I, I, I seriously have, haven't, don't even, these, these memories are like flooding back to me now. It's like the third night. I'm pretty sure that's when I've like first felt the call to preach. Well, there's definitely an argument to be had where, you know, if you'll get rid of distractions mm-hmm. and if you silence what, what else is going on in the world, now, nowadays it's, you know, hey, get rid of your phones, cut off technology. Yeah. You know, get rid of your outside friends. We don't want any outside influences this week. And I think this, this camp does, and here at the church, we do a good job at that with the kids that go. You know, we want you to be Christ-centered the whole week because when you remove the distractions, everyone, you know, pouring into your life things that are not godly and trying to, you know, dissuade you from your walk with Christ, when you surround yourself with good Christian people who are like-minded, who are there for the same purpose, without those distractions, God works. You'll see it. You'll feel it. When you open yourself and your heart, when you open your heart to it fully, right? And that's kind of what I said at the beginning, like, during this week, I, I think that that's cultivated, mm-hmm. right? For sure. During this week, you have people who, this might be their one time a year where they are able to escape from their friends, parents, whatever's, in, whatever's going on in their life, the distractions, and really just say, hey, this week, all that's going to influence me are like-minded Christian people around me and the Holy Spirit. And that's why... I think you see in your instance where you're looking back at it now and you're saying, wow, I think that was kind of where the Holy Spirit first kind of nicked my heart and said, you know what? I want you to preach. Yeah. I want you to exclaim my name and the gospel in my name. And I, you know, you can see that people in our church, you know, we've been blessed the last few years, right? To have multiple, multiple people, multiple salvations every year. Right. I mean, praise the Lord, man. Like it's just insane. It's absolutely crazy, right? And when you get to see it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like nothing else. You, know, you talk about goosebumps. Like it's, it's like nothing else. You feel the presence of God yeah. in that tabernacle. But, you know, it's, you know, it definitely is something that hits close to home for me, right? The first year uh, after me and Haley got married, my wife Haley, she went to camp and actually got saved at camp. Yeah. And, you know, so did Bryce's wife and one of our good friends, Nick, wife. It all happened at the same time. Right. What a blessing. Right. To for for me to have that happen and, and have like that security that I know that hey, my wife's saved. I'm going to yeah. see her in like, eternity. Right. Yeah. And it happened at camp, you know, a ministry that we've been a part of as a church for so, so many years. And it's just crazy to look at the generations of it. It's just, you know, it's a cycle. It's just ever, ever going. If you submit yourself to it, God will work. Yeah. It's uh. Not again, just not growing up in that culture. When we when we first moved down here to Texas, we got plugged in with a church, and this was back in 2012. Uh, we got plugged in with a church, and their youth group was just kind of growing exponentially. They already had like two couples that were working in the youth, actually three couples, and then one of the couples just they they moved away. You know how how things happen. Um, better job, I, I think it was. He got a he got a job offer somewhere else, um, and there was this opening to work with the youth 
and like they asked us and Crystal, my wife and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, wait, what? (laughs) We are not qualified to do that. There's no way they just asked us to do that. But we went home, we started praying about it and we both came to each other with the same answer at the same time. Like, yeah, we need to do this. Um, our kids were just getting to be teenagers. So it was, it was a good time for us. Um, and I say all that to say that we then got to go to youth camp and experience the kind of counselor side of it from an adult perspective. And a lot of my camp experiences are from the adult perspective. Uh, the, the second year we went to camp, uh, my daughter had made a, pro- a profession at a younger age, but um, the pastor was preaching a message and we were, we were at this camp and it's, they kind of set their cafeteria up as their um, fellowship hall or uh, where they preached at the same time. And sometimes toward the middle of it, like I looked around and realized that like my daughter was gone. And at the end of the service, she had been sitting in the back with the youth pastor's wife. And like we go walking back there and there's just tears streaming down both their faces. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, what, what, what could be happening? Like, she's saved. I don't understand. What. And she's like, I, I just got saved. Like, I know now specifically is one of the things that she said. And it's just, I mean, as, as a dad, right? Like you, you're, you just start bawling. Yeah. Like, well, what? What 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 an amazing feeling, um, but yeah, I mean, we just kept going, and I I hundred percent agree. When you get to take people away, because I mean, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? We're attacked every day, all the time, and I feel like when you get in that camp setting, it's like it's almost like you get like surrounded by these angels that are just like kind of protecting where you're at and they're fending off these constant demons just so you can have this protected space where the Holy Spirit just fills that space up. And you're right, man, things happen. The Holy Spirit works and it is amazing even how you can watch like the teenagers, like their demeanors will change because they'll start feeling it too. Right. Um, there's no denying it. Like, you know, yeah. it's, you go to a real Bible believing, doesn't necessarily have to be Baptist, Bible believing church camp. <gasps> what? What? What did he just say? Yeah. No, just, I mean, yeah, a, a, a Bible, Bible, Bible believing, absolutely. scriptural, scriptural, you know, church led camp, right? Where you are, because the, the biggest part of it, the reason why it works is because you are removing yourself from the distractions. Absolutely. Right? So. Get rid of the technology. Get rid of your friends that are bad influences. Make decisions. Leave changed. You have a whole week. Leave changed, right? And one of the biggest mottos that I think that we try to preach to our kids that go, right? Hey, listen, you got a whole week. There are things things in your life or people you need to talk to, things that you need to get right. You got a whole week. Sit down with God. Figure it out, right? Yeah. And if you open yourself up to it, because... Like, like most changes in our life, you have to want to, right? That's the great thing about, you know, the grace of God. Mm-hmm. You have to want to. And I think that that setting makes it way easier because you're not influenced yeah. by anything but the Holy Spirit. 
Well, and everybody around you is trying to support the same goal, right? Like, hey, no, no, allow the Holy Spirit to influence you. This is exactly where you need to be. This is exactly what you need to be doing. And every all the all the most of the other kids right are in this kind of the same vein like oh there's all this trash that i've just been hanging on to in my life and there's this stuff that's been going on in my life and the next te- and the next kid is saying the same thing and the next kid is saying the same thing and i can hear people with the argument well i mean do those commitments actually last like after they get out of church camp well what are you doing yeah. to ensure right as adults and as people supporting our kids to ensure that those commitments last, like, because it's not just up to our teenagers to hold to their commitments. It's hold. It's also up to us as their church family to hold them accountable to public statements that they've made. Um, people make decisions at camp, like you said, well, the, it, the decisions that are made at camp when the teenagers like kind of start veering off from a decision that they may have made like as churches are we saying oh yeah i expected that to happen or as churches are we rallying around them and saying hey let's talk about this commitment you made what can i do to help you on that path you know what i mean right um so I, i think as adults we need to take that into account and even if you're if your church doesn't do a family camp and you didn't get to see that most churches will do like a camp recap Right. Like here are the things that happened at camp. And, you know, some young people will get up and say, hey, I made this commitment or, you know, I accepted Christ as my savior. Like, get in their lives, church, like as churches, get in their lives, support them, come around them, come alongside them. Um, They don't they're not a they're not any better equipped to deal with commitments or uh, a new way of life that Christ has affected in them than we are as adults. Right. Well, yeah, and they, they need your help. Yeah. Whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> right. They need your help. And it's it's definitely a biblical, godly thing to do, to surround them with love and grace and help them stay true to their commitments. You know, I think that we can all do better with that, right? Camp or not. But, you know, it's it's one of the ministries, I think, that we've been involved in this church that, you know, I think everybody, it's one of the, one of the things that everyone's on board with. Yeah. It's great to see it, and we love sending people to camp. We we do you know multiple fundraisers. Um, I think my dad Ryan alluded to it you know during his testimony that you know the church, the church garage sale isn't fun. It's not my favorite thing to do <laughs> like on a hot you yeah. know April you know summer morning, but you do it right yeah. because you know we're raising funds to send people to camp and lives are changed at camp right. I've had family members' lives be changed at camp. I mean, you would hear story after story of people who've made life-changing decisions, whether mm-hmm. it be salvation or rededication or just, I mean, just foundational, you know, forks in the road that they've been encountered at camp and yeah. they've they've chosen the right way and they stayed that way. And praise to God. Amen. It's one of the, it's one of the best, best ministries of this church. And I think that if, if you are listening to this and you, you're going to a church that doesn't have something like this, Maybe bring it up to your pastor. Yeah. Bring it up to the deacons. Say, hey, is there anything that we can get involved in, you know, as a church? Um, and if you live anywhere in the DFW Metroplex or anywhere really in the, in the you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, whatever region, I have a perfect camp for you. Yeah. So, I mean, we we, we would love to to pack that auditorium full. Yeah. I mean, you know, some, some years we have more, some years we have less, but um, 
such a great ministry. Yeah. We have a church. I mean, there's a church that goes to camp with us that's from Southern Illinois. Yeah. Like they come all the way from Southern Illinois a little just far. to go to church camp, camp with us. Um, yeah. Y'all, it, there really aren't, I mean, you may be like, well, I mean, church camp, it can't be that great. What's it like? Like you get to sleep on hard bunks and you get to eat like, you know, not the greatest food in the world. I mean, y'all, you can eat the food. I'm not saying that it's a four-star meal every time, but you can, you can eat the food. It's fine. And and let me ask you this. How many times in the Bible did God remove the distraction of comfort to affect change in his people? Is it really worth it to go be in that atmosphere and deal with, you know, a a little bit of sleeplessness and, you know, maybe not the greatest food in the world. And I'm not saying like every camp has bad camp food, but, um, is it really worth it to get that close to God and be around people of like faith and kind of get recharged and have the Holy spirit deal with things in your life? Like there's, there's stuff that you didn't even know that you were dealing with. And because you're in that atmosphere, the Holy spirit's like, no, no, that thing right there, you've been holding on to that. You you, you, it's time to get it out. Let's unpack it. You're never going to get this taken care of. If, and this is the place to take care of it. Look at all these people around you that are here to support you in unpacking this and getting it taken care of. Uh, it's a camp is a perfect opportunity to do that. And yeah, to, to Kyle's point, if your church doesn't do something like that, this is a great time to bring it up. Bring it up. Hey, I was listening to this podcast the other day. They do church camp and maybe your camp, your church has like four or five teens well, maybe you can talk to, you know, your pastor about getting kind of a three-day camp together to be like, hey, can we just have like somebody from another church come in and, you know, we'll, we'll actually go camp in like tents and stuff like that. Right. I mean, church well, camp what, can what be better opportunity that gets you away, right? Right. What better opportunity if you have a smaller youth group or just, you know, not as many people that could go to a camp, what better opportunity do you have as a church? As a, as a cohesive unit that follows Christ to go out and participate in a larger group of like-minded, like-faith yeah. people. Like, what better opportunity do you have to be more yeah. included? Yeah. And get out of your comfort zone. Like, go to camp with other people. That's yep. a good thing. It's good to be around other people. It's good to get just immersed in that culture and be like, oh, we're not the only people that believe this way. No, we're, we're not alone. It gives you strength. I, I can definitely tell you that from personal experience, right? If you let your guard down and you actually, and it's harder when you're younger, I get it, there's a lot of insecurities that come with being a teenager, but you get onto it and you you just open your heart up to it. You get out of your comfort zone and you fellowship with people that maybe don't go to your church. But I'll tell you what, when you are faced with some of the persecutions and you are faced with some of the harder stuff that comes with being a Christian and sharing your faith and, and being out in a very sinful world, being with like-minded like faith individuals that are your age and knowing that they exist and that there's a support system out there and that you're not alone helps. It absolutely yeah. helps. And I think church camp is one of the best ways that you can go and see as a young person, hey, there's four other 400 other kids here that go through the same circles as I do yeah. who are called just like I am to share the gospel of Christ. Right. And we're all working through it together. I'm not alone. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's fellowship. And... That is the biggest, hands down, the biggest advantage of church camp. Um, on a, 
this is probably a horrible segue, but on a less serious side. Yeah, we, we said we want to get serious, yeah, but you you don't you don't get camp memories if you don't go to camp. That's true. That's true. What is your best camp memory, Tom? Oh, my best camp memory. <laughs> I I gotta be honest. It was last year. <laughs> we ha- we got Lane. I love you, man. If you're listening to this, I was hoping you'd, I love you'd go you this direction. To death. This is nothing <laughs> against you. Um, we we got it, it's it's a family camp, right? So we take all kinds of adults with us, and we have uh, young adults that go with us just to kind of get them in the ministry mind and make sure that you know, hey, this is how you do ministry. Like you you mentor younger people and you show up. Um, and uh, th- this particular, uh, he's not really, a, I mean, he's a young man by my standard, but I mean, he's an adult. Uh, he's in his mid-20s. Um, love him to death. Good-natured kid. But we messed with him. And the funny thing is, is that it wasn't so much a we as like, there's some church leadership that started messing with him. He brought this enormous mattress. It was too large. So just for our listeners, yeah, just, just f- so our listeners can understand the mattresses that they supply are like these waterproof mattresses. They're about like four inches thick. They're very thin. You definitely fill the plywood if you only have one stacked yep. up. So I think Lane's idea was, hey, I'm going to bring this massive 18-inch tall, you know, inflatable mattress that I want to put on top of that that completely just spills over the whole bunk and yeah. it's way bigger than the actual mattress. Because these are like slim twins. These aren't normal twins. Tiny. Yeah. Tiny. So he he brought this thing and he, you know, he's inflating it. And we're like, okay, cool. Like he's in a, you know, like whatever, like he's in a sleep on the ground next to the bunk or something. There's no way he's going to put this on the bunk. And uh, <laughs> he puts it on top of the mattress, right? So he's like, <laughs> he's probably like two and a half feet from the top of his mattress to the top bunk. Yeah. And he's trying to fit himself in there, and he kind of, you know, gets himself in there. And he, after a while, he removes the bottom, you know, mattress that was already there. So he has a little bit more room, and mm-hmm. he can do it. Still kind of crazy to see yeah. and not really effective whatsoever. But, I mean, in his defense, he was really comfortable. It was more comfortable than I was, for well, sure. Like, so it may even have been the second day. Somebody decides after he takes the bottom mattress out and just has his air mattress in somebody decides that it would be a good idea to just kind of slide that mattress back in under there and see if he noticed that he was significantly closer to the bottom of the bunk above him so what we did and i'll and i'll i'll, I'll come out as one of the culprits <laughs> i wasn't gonna bust you out, oh, i will leave the other ones anonymous um but what we did is we decided okay like he has this uh you know, this sheet that, you know, that covers everything. We'll try to stretch that out and have that go over the bottom mattress too. So what we'll do is we'll just make it all look like his mattress and then he'll wonder why he's so close to the (laughs) top and he won't be able to fit in his bed. It'll be hilarious. (laughs) And it worked. He had no idea what had happened and he was like, man, I'm, I'm so much closer. Like what happened? This is weird. And he's like looking at it and we're over here just like dying. We're trying not to die laughing, which is hilarious. And as the week goes on, and I don't know if it was the second day. That might have been Monday night, Tom. <laughs> so, <laughs> was it already? I didn't even notice. It was so quick. I, I actually hadn't noticed until it had escalated way past the one mattress. So the way these camps work, listeners, is uh, not every bunk is taken. <laughs> so there's a lot of extra small little mattresses, right? So we were like, well, why stop at one? 
why don't every time that we're in the cabin, he's not. Let's just try to get as many <laughs> as many mattresses underneath Lane's big mattress as possible and see what he does. So I think at one point, I mean, it was like it was touching the top. He couldn't even get <laughs> in it. And then there was one day, it was like towards the end of the week where he was out at lunch, whatever. He came back in the afternoon and we had gotten every, everyone, everyone's mattress off their bed and it was touching the ceiling. Yeah. So it was like I remember that. a 10 foot ceiling. <laughs> he was like, who did this? And no, you know, no one said anything. No one did. It was, it was pretty um, great. Yeah, that's got to be. And he he was so good natured about it. Like he he knew that we were messing with him. And I mean, th- there was one point in time where I mean, he did get a little frustrated. But he he did even even immediately after he got kind of frustrated. Like he he kind of was just like, yeah, okay, this is. This he was is, a good sp- he, he was a good sport he was a really about good it. Sport about he was a good sport about it. it. Yeah, Lane, love you. Sorry about that one. We had to bring it up. That's got to be like the funniest thing I've ever been involved in at camp. Oh, how do I top that? I mean, I have. I guess I guess the wasp story would probably be. That's got to be. It's got to be. So I'll, one I'll of the funniest it. ones I've heard. I I'll, wasn't there for it. I'll try to paint a picture. So you, uh, you know, if you were there, um, which you didn't want to be there, trust me. <laughs> no, so, I'm petrified of wasps. <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, especially now. Anyway, I'll get to it. So, uh, I was like Tuesday or Wednesday uh, afternoon. Now in the afternoon, we have like a lot of free time between lunch and dinner, yeah. just to go go out and do activities or whatever. So we decided to start to hike. Most of our church went along. We were just kind of all in the same group, so we decided just to kind of explore. And uh, so we started going, you know, a certain direction, and we crossed up like a broken bridge, and we were still like on the path, so we thought we were good. Well, we kind of went a little too far, and we went out of the campground and found like this overpass of this new tollway they built, and we're like, okay, cool, like we're off the campgrounds now. Like we should probably head back. Like we're uh, like underneath a freeway. So instead of doing the reasonable thing of backtracking the way you came that you knew was safe, uh, we decided to go off in uncharted woods back to where we thought was the camp. Now, with this camp, there was like an older, like abandoned camp up to the north of it. But we were like, this should still have trails and it leads back into the real camp. Just, okay. you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We knew kind of where we were going, but we didn't know exactly how to get there. We just knew it was, like, that direction. So, like, we thought, okay, we'll just head that direction far enough, and we'll hit the old camp, and from there we'll be able to navigate back to the other camp, and we'll be good. Makes perfect sense. It did. It did. Um, (laughs) So we start trekking off into just woods. I mean, there's no trail. Just, you know, here, hold this barbed wire fence up, and we're all going to go pass it into the campgrounds. Uh, and we're talking Just like the old frontier days. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, Lewis and Clark. Yeah, what's what heart inspiration? So we went out and uh, and we're not talking just like you know twenty year old. I mean, there was like our pastor was there. We had like some older like middle aged folks. We had like the, the the pastor's daughter, which was like eight or something. Like, like everybody, like eight to like 40, 45, maybe even fifty. Like that's like we had just a ton of people going, and uh, we're all just kind of in a line and we're going and you know we. It was fine for a while, you know, which kind of, you know, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too thick. We're just pushing branches aside and kind of going towards the camp. And we find the old camp and it was super abandoned. I mean, like just dilapidated. So we're like, all right, cool. Like, you know, we're here. If we go kind of more this way, like we'll definitely like we know where we're at. Great. So we're heading that way and it starts getting like a little more dense. And we're like, ah, maybe we're not going the right way. And it's just like getting more dense. And, you know, we're all kind of a single file line. Well, I'm kind of in the front of one of the groups and I, I see a gazebo, 
a gazebo where the path of the actual camp is. It goes kind of around it. Okay. We're approaching that circle. And I through the branches, you know, 30, 40 yards out, I could see it. I'm like, all right, all right, great. So I tell everybody, hey, just it's this way. Just, you know, a few more minutes ahead, we'll be, we'll be good. And at this point, from, from when we started, it's probably like three hours later, right? So it's getting like almost dinner time. Wow. So we've been out there for a while. Made some mistakes were made. So um, we're getting closer. And uh, I mean, we're like right there. Like I'm, I'm like two or three steps away from the path, clearing one last branch and taking a step onto a gravel path, which is inside the actual campground. Well, I take a step and I step through the ground into a yellow jacket's nest. Mm. So it's like, I don't know if you've ever stepped and then like whatever you were stepping on didn't support your weight. So you kind of like it jolted you. So you're like, whoa. And then like, you know, trying to recover from that and then also looking down and you don't see anything but yellow jackets on your leg. I, I yelled, uh, now it's been quoted back to me several times, I yelled, I think I yelled, it's bees or, or wasps or, or something. That's just what my brain came up with in the pan, the sheer panic of what was happening to me at the moment. I would have screamed like a little girl. I screamed that and then fight or flight kicked in and I just, I couldn't justify punching a ton of little wasps in the face. So I just, I took off, I took off running down a hill towards the levee, towards the camp fastest I've ever run in my life. And uh, right behind me was the pastor's daughters. <laughs> <laughs> so chaos erupted, and uh, I'm fighting off wasps and, and getting to the levee. I, they had like a water, like a slip and slide that went down the levee, you know, the slope that had water running through, mm-hmm. and I pushed some kid aside, and I dived down that head first, thinking there's wasps all around me. Oh, it was probably already just, just the stings. There's probably none on me at this point. <laughs> And then, you know, the camp, uh, the camp instructors, counselors are yelling at me for doing that. I'm like, oh, there's like wasps on me. Like I had to, whatever. So, and I like, I, at that point, like, I'm like, oh, like so freaking out. So I run back to the cabin and, you know, take a shower and clean myself up. Well, unbeknownst to me, what I left were two little girls back there that got stung and some of the other members that got stung. Um, so the joke now is that I left the pastor's daughters to die in the wasps nest. (laughs) And the funniest thing about it, and I got I got stung like nine or ten times, and nobody else. I think like the next closest one was like four or five. Someone that got like in like by their eyelid, which kind of sucked. But the worst thing about it is uh, our pastor's younger youngest daughter is kind of a savage, and she says these things that are just like most savage little kid I've ever, ever met. Cut you right down to your core. So we're in the nurse's office, and then she's putting ointment, you know, like where the uh-huh. stings were. And I go in there and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just like, I just, I freaked out and I ran. Like, I, I just, it was like, happening. like I'm so sorry. I felt, so, I felt so bad. And uh, <laughs> the, the pastor's youngest daughter looks over to her sister, the older daughter. He goes, why did Kyle leave, leave Evie to die? <laughs> <laughs> like while I'm standing there, I felt so bad. And you know what the funniest thing about this story is? other than my crippling phobia of wasp is <laughs> at that time in my life I had found out about a week before camp that I was going to be a dad and no one else knew I felt convicted enough at the camp later to tell somebody I just had to tell somebody but 
at that time, everyone's joking around like, oh, you're going to be a terrible father. And, you know, you let you let. But they didn't know. They had no idea. But I, I had I, I had news broken to me like <laughs> four days before that, that my, my girlfriend was pregnant at the time. Uh, now my wife. But, yeah, no one knew about that. Oh, yeah, that made you feel so good. And I, I felt terrible because, you know, I left the pastor's daughter there to get stung by wasps. Which you would obviously do with your own daughter in the same situation. Right, yeah. right. You just run. So that was probably the funniest thing. I mean, there's so many. I've been going so many years. I mean, there's just so many things kind of growing up with that camp. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty awful. Pretty uh See, I've heard that story too many times, but that's the first time I've actually heard the entire thing. That's, that is hilarious. It's, yeah, it's from start to finish. It's, it's funny now. And <laughs> moral of the story is if you're at church camp, don't go off the path. There are wasps. That will kill you. Yeah. No, that's great. I love it. T- two really good stories. See, if you don't go to camp. You don't get somebody wants. Or you don't try to get it to where you know you can talk to a y- your youth pastor or your pastor to where you can somehow go to camp. You will not have any stories like this. The more important stories are what we had before we started this. But it all goes into just the spirit of fellowship and uh, the memories that you make at church camp. Uh, It does play an important role in just uh, a Christian young person's life. Again, it's not it's not a necessity, but there's definitely a lot of benefit to it. Um, That 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 was one of the fun episodes. No, no doubt. A little little lighter hearted. Yeah, I I think we. uh, we usually just gravitate towards heavier stuff. Yeah. We just have so much stuff to talk about. But we uh, we appreciate you listening. And, you know, if you uh, want to be part of a church camp, definitely reach out to us. Um, you know, we'd love to talk to you more about it. If you, like I said before, if your church doesn't offer something like that, uh, bring it up. You know, you never know what, what might happen. If you live somewhere close to Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, reach out to us. Um, and we would love to help you through that process or... Maybe you can come uh, to camp with us and get stung by wasps. And it, 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 actually, you know what? If y'all have any good stories, let us know. It's a podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. Uh, you can drop us a line at LWBC underscore publications on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear you. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to give us a follow. Share us if you, if you feel so inclined. But thank y'all for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, thank you for taking this uh, camp plunge into the thinking well. We'll see you next week. Thanks.